You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. The following message is from a Sunday morning series called Go Tell It on the Mountain, based on testimonies of saints from CTK O'Fallon. We hope that you enjoy this message. This is our Sunday school series. Uh, the month of December, and we're titling it Go Tell It on the Mountain. And that is taken from Scripture when the angels come down and they tell the shepherds that the Lord has come to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men, and he sends them out. And he says, go report this. And so from that, of course, we know the Christmas hymn or carol, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And so each Sunday morning, we're bringing up some individuals from the church to share a little bit of their story. And every story is different, and uh, we all are blessed this morning. Aren't you thankful for the testimony that you have? And one story is not greater than the other. The fact that the Lord has brought us here and kept us and saved us, amen, is a tremendous thing. And so we don't glorify individual testimonies, but God gets all the glory for everything that he's done. And I'm encouraged when I hear someone else's testimony of how God brought them. Even if that's not my story, it's encouraging to see that the the love and the grace of God is greater than us. And so today, I'm very happy to have our friends, Dean and Erlene Chardon here with us. And uh, they, uh, she's very nervous. And uh, so I'm trying to get her uh, relaxed. She's okay, though. She said to me, she said, Pastor, it's time. And, 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 we, and we need to share our testimony. And so I'm excited about them sharing their story. One of the cool things about the Christmas scene, the nativity scene, and this is sort of where we're pulling this from, is that that at the nativity, there is, and of course, we know the nativity didn't play out exactly like we see it, you know, and we have it on our mantle or whatever. They weren't all maybe there together, but throughout the scenes of the nativity that scripture talks about those first couple of years, we see the full spectrum of humanity end up at the feet of Jesus, And that is exactly what God intends for his church, the full spectrum. And when we come in together, we are, uh, uh, as as the apostle said, he said some of us are rich and poor and, 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 and different things. But when we come in together, we are no longer uh, rich or poor or Jew or Gentile or different, but we are all one in the body of Christ. I think we ought to put our hands together and thank God for that testimony right there. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited to have Dean and Erlene. And of course, uh, we, we know them as Dean and Erlene. You can't say one without the other. But uh, they haven't always been Dean and Erlene, and so we're going to jump in. And I want to start here with you, Sister Erlene, and give us just a little bit of the backstory before you come to the Lord or get to that that critical point. Okay. Sort of your life. So I was when I was growing up, I wasn't raised in a home where there was any faith. Um, actually the only God I knew was in curse words. And, um, so at a young age, I became pregnant 17 years old with Jory and married at 20 and, um, married for 21 years after that. So, um, after the 21 years went through a painful divorce and was in a 
private detective's office, and I was saved that day. Which, okay, that's that's a unique place uh, <laughs> for that to happen. Before we get to that part, rewind just a little bit and talk about, I know that there were some addictions involved oh, in yeah. there where yeah. that becomes sort of the crutch of your life. Right. Um, during my marriage, the 21 years, um, off and on alcohol and drugs. And when I say drugs, it wasn't just pot or, you know, it was very heavy drug. Yeah. And I thought that was normal. Wow. You know, I lived that way for a long time until the Lord saved me. And then I realized there's more. Yes. So you have no, let's say, faith context in essence. No faith context, no background for that None. kind of thing. Okay. None. So that's the backstory on, on, in yours. And then we'll come back to being saved in private investigator's office. Because okay. um, you don't hear that every day. <laughs> uh, Dean, give us a little bit of yours. Backstory. <clears throat> so I, I grew up in a Christian household. We went to the uh, Church of the Nazarene. We'd go three times a week, always, you know, twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. Mm. We hung out together. You know, that was our, that was the way we came up. Um, as high school came along, there were some changes in our family dynamic. My sister came down with Crohn's disease, got really sick. My dad became unemployed, and we went from uh, like a middle-income family to like just having nothing. So... Uh, we fell away from church as a family, and it's no fault of my own. I think it was more you're a teenager to begin with, and you just start looking for other avenues. And um, I fell in with a, a group of people from high school who, you know, they, I guess they call them roughnecks or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he, they became good friends, and they're still lifelong friends. I know I talk to some of them every once in a while. Um, played high school, high school football, uh, the captain, wrestling, same thing. And then... Uh, at my senior year, my, my girlfriend had become pregnant with my daughter, and I wanted to do the right thing, and uh, I ended up joining the military. I was honored enough to serve with the 10th Special Forces Group. I came in as an intelligence analyst and then switched over. Uh, those, those are the Green Berets. I, I mentioned that because um, it was a, a really high-speed unit, and we got to do a lot of really exciting things. Wow. And I think, wow. you know... Football, wrestling, military just led me to getting kind of addicted to adrenaline, if that's a thing. Right. You know what um, I mean? Yeah. Her drug of choice was something else, and mine was just, I just, I love the excitement of it. So um, throughout the course of my military career, you know, there's weapons, there's explosives, there's jumping out of airplanes, there's deployments, there's missions, so on and so forth. And then uh, at the, towards the end of my military career, that marriage ended up dissolving. You know, we, we had some issues. We were both young. We both made mistakes. And that marriage fell apart. And I just, I got, <clears throat> I got mad at the world. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even want to live yeah. anymore. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years later, I, I fell back in with that same crowd as kids. And as I had progressed, they did too. So we were doing more and more things, you know, everything from running drugs and guns and just <clears throat> pretty rough lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, it ended up I, I uh, was arrested. Uh, I was arrested. I served nine and a half years. <clears throat> it's hard because I love you people. <laughs> right? It's hard, right? It's all right. That's all right. But I have to tell it. Yes, so yes, that's right. Bear that's with right. me. That's what I'm saying. That's all right. Yeah. It ended up in a prison cell where <clears throat> I took 85 pills. Wow. 
And uh, they found me dead the next morning. Wow. They came in and brought me back to life, mm. took me to the hospital, pumped me full of pills, or pumped my stomach, got the pills out. And <clears throat> it, was, it was a rough time, but it was at that moment, it was kind of a, okay, I've tried everything else to kill me. That didn't work. Let's see, let's see what you got, God. Yeah. And that kind of takes me to, to the absolute lowest point of my life. Wow. So, go ahead. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Thank God for his grace. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for his grace that keeps us. And of course, I know the end of the story. We're going to get there. God had a plan, but he keeps us in those moments when we don't even know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. And, and Erlene, so take us back now. You're living this life, no faith context. Right. And now your witness. In so, so I was married for 21 years and thought, you know, this was my life now. Yeah. But alcohol and drugs consumed it. And um, it makes it hard to hear. And uh, <laughs> alcohol and drugs consumed it. And I thought this was normal. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, one day my life turned upside down. Mm. My husband wanted a divorce. And wow. You know, just hit me blindsided. Wow. So we went through divorce, and of course, with uh, all the divorce proceedings, we needed to go to a private detective to get some information. And in that private detective's office, um, I was saved. Wow. Now, how did that happen? Did so, <laughs> so we were going through some stuff on what we were going to say in court or what he yeah. was going to get for court. And um, I was crying and I'm like, I don't even really want to do this. And he said, you need this information. And anyway, who died and left you, boss? Well, my old self would be like, curse him out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it, when he said that, something came over me. And before I knew it, I was on face down on the floor wow. and they were praying over me. Wow. And wow. whatever it was, I wanted more. Wow. Wow. It was like a drug wow. as well. Wow. And I never turned I back. I love that. God is like a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. In every positive sense yes, of that word. Yes, yes. So. And I never turned back. I started reading, and I spent many days in um, the bookstore at the corner. Yes. And they began to know me, and I read everything because I never even picked up a Bible. Wow. Wow. Until that day. Wow. Yeah. So this is something that this is no intentional conspiracy. God was working in your life. That's right. God is drawing you. That's right. And you just you dive in. My plan was not to come to church. It was to go another way. Yes. And God had a different plan for yes. me yes. at that moment. Amen. Okay, so finish your the next segment up until you guys met, sort of in that moment. You, you've attempted your life, and now what happens here? God gets all of you. So as I said, they, they saved me that day. They came in and, uh, you know, I had to do chest compressions, helped my stomach, brought me back. Um, I had a, a, a meeting with God, as you often do in your head, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we started, I started coming back to where I was as a child where I could communicate with him. I didn't know what I was praying or how to do it. And as oftentimes happens when you're a, a new Christian, I was a drive-by Christian to say the least. You know what I mean? I, I, I said it yesterday, me and God had a deal. 
right? <laughs> you know, like I, I would do this and he would do this for me and that was good. I didn't, I didn't need all the rest of it. So nine and a half years later, I'm released from prison. Um, I'm, I'm still not living a Christian lifestyle by any means, but I'm certainly, uh, I'm nowhere where I was. I'm not that violent person that went away nine and a half years before that. I'm at least now a productive member of society and trying to figure it out. And then God gets yeah. your attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's what God does. So um, Arlene and I met. Can I get this far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I play a little guitar and I was goofing off and I was in a, an open mic bar thing and I was just sitting there fiddling around and she saw me and of course look at me right so <laughs> <laughs> she chased me all over that bar it was it was hard but I got I finally and it and at first both of us were like ah we don't even want to date we don't want to get me she was just coming off of her divorce I was coming off of trying to figure out who I am and what I was going to be and uh, we, we both said right when we first met look this is never going to be anything serious just so you know and here it is what 11 and a half years later, <laughs> right? So, but think, there's I more think, to the story. So, yeah. I think one of the, the interesting things that you said yesterday when we, were, when we were talking about this was even though in that moment you felt God like a drug, which I love that God can communicate to us on our level. Yeah. Right. And so, like, you may have never thought, you know, prayed and thought, man, God's like a drug. But to someone that that communicates something, Right. So powerful. You begin your search, you're reading scripture and all that stuff. But yet you you said, you know, you're still living your life and you didn't know. So you're you're drinking you're nothing, you know, excessive, right. but when, you're still going through these different things. Right. When I was saved and I always say this jokingly, the Lord knew he couldn't just bring me to an apostolic church because I would have not, I would ran. <laughs> so he had to gradually put me into it. So, so even, though, in the shallow end. <laughs> even though I was saved, I was still drinking, no drugs, but I was still drinking and having fun. Mm -hmm. You know, things I didn't get to do before I was married because I raised Dory and, yeah. you know, I stayed home. So I was kind of sowing some of my wild oats, I guess you would gotcha. say. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so. So you met. We've so got we a met. picture. I think, we do. don't we have a picture of them when they first met? We do. Kind of thing. And here's 11 and 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And so from <laughs> this point on now... All of a sudden, six. Uh, I know. I know the story. We're speeding through some of the details here. Right. You end up being friends, getting married. Right. Six months into the marriage, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, stage two ovarian cancer. Very critical. Um, very critical. Didn't even know I had it. Just went to the hospital because I felt a lump in my belly, and again, my life turned upside down yeah. at that moment. Yeah. We have a picture. I think we show the next picture here because this is the this is part of part of the process of going through the cancer. And now in this part of the story, right. you make a deal with God. And I know he said he had a deal. But. I am the one that made the deal with God. Yes. Um, six chemos is what they scheduled for me. Very um, poisonous stuff that's put in your body. Two chemos in. I was very, very sick, and um, I was laying in bed, and he came home from work, and I said, you say your goodbyes, because I'm done. Wow, wow. I'm done. 
Wow. And he's, he's like, uh, he got really mad. He's like, you're not done. God's got more for you. So the next day when he left for work, he um, he left for work. I said, okay, Lord, if you got more for me, you have to literally put it right in front of me. I need to know where I'm going. I, you got to like hit me in the head. <laughs> and he hit me in the head. Wow. That couple of days later, I went to get, as you could see, I was bald and um, I went to get my head shaved and the girl at the salon invited me to another apostolic church. Yes. And I walked in that apostolic church and I was like, really, Lord, an apostolic, a bank robber and an apostolic church. (laughs) I'm like, this is a lot. (laughs) So here I am with all this jewelry, my long earrings, all my makeup. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to work out in this church. (laughs) But if you think I should walk it, I'm going to walk it. And you had prayed, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Yes, Lord, wherever you lead me, I'll go. So I made that deal. And so be careful when you pray. That's right. I always say that. Those kind yes. of prayers. We're just letting you know that. There's, a, there's actually another part of that story that's really important, too. I told you about after he saved me from death, literally pulled me back from it. I wasn't still living for God. You know, just arrogance. Yeah. We had a deal, whatever. Yeah. When she first was diagnosed with the cancer, we were in the hospital and yes. uh, the doctor came in and said, you know, this is a very serious thing. If you hadn't caught it, probably would have killed you. Ovarian cancer is normally the silent killer in women because it just comes on so fast. So that was a blessing in itself. But I was doing stand up comedy at the time, traveling across the country doing that. And I, and I really enjoyed that lifestyle. But you don't get medical benefits, right? Yeah. So here we are with a little bit of nest egg that we built up and it's going to be eaten up pretty quick right. with the cancer. And she looks at me and she says, what are we going to do? And so <laughs> again, with that arrogance that comes with Christianity, I said, just trust the plan, babe. God's got us. Trust the plan. Right. <laughs> I'm nowhere near where I am now. <laughs> I had no business saying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously, it was just complete arrogance. But the pastor said it yesterday when we were talking about it. It's that mustard seed of faith. All it just takes. how God can respond with just a yes. little bit. Right. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Two days later. Yeah. Yeah. He received a call from the union. Yeah, so I, I wasn't I wasn't working full time out of the union hall like I am now, and we just we didn't have any idea what we were going to do. <laughs> and a, a company in St. Louis called me out of the blue and said, "Hey, will you come work for me?" And I was like, "Oh uh, yeah, I guess so." <laughs> and, yes, that's God's plan. Uh, yeah, and uh, I've been out of the hall ever since. So, Amen for big small victories, right? Yes. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Amen. God is so good. Mm. Praise God. So now, so now, and I know there's so many details. We don't have enough time right. to go through all of those. But so now you're you're at an apostolic church, and I know in your journey from praying in a private investigator's office right. to all reading your Bible and everything, God brings you to an to an apostolic church, and and talk a little bit about that because you made the deal with God, but He already had one, and He wasn't. He wasn't budging. He wasn't. He wasn't happy about your deal. Happy, yes. He (laughs) thought I would went off the deep end, to say the least. Um, So, like he said, we were drive-through Christians. We went to another local church. uh, Showed up on Sunday morning, right when service was starting, and we headed out as quick as we could. We were not involved. Hardly knew half the people there. Anyway, um, 
I, when I made that deal, I wanted more. You know, God wanted more for me. So go to an apostolic church, and he he's like, you can go by yourself. I'm not going. It wow. was That's two, hard. two years, I think, wow. yes. before he even walked in, I think. It, it was it was difficult for me. Again, I grew up in the, the Church of the Nazarene. They're, we're different, right? We all know that. Uh, it was hard when I came in and I saw the way that people worship. You know, sometimes it's loud. Sometimes people are talking in tongues. Sometimes people run the aisles, dance. It's, I'm just not used to that. And I thought you guys are a bunch of weirdos. I just want to say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. He used to. He, th- he thinks And now hard. I'm one of them weirdos right there with you. So, <laughs> but... I, I had told her, I said, baby, listen, I, I understand you made a deal with God. Can we just go to this church and worship him there? I, you know, God can find us anywhere. I've seen it. I've been in, you know, in the hole in a prison and he found me so he can find us anywhere. Why is it necessary? And she said, because this is where I belong. And I didn't understand it. And our marriage was on a real rocky spot. We were about ready to, you know, maybe even go separate ways for a while. Right. And I finally just said, you know what? Let me just go see what it's about. Let me surrender, right? Yeah. Surrender, it's everything. Ooh, it's hard. It's hard. Surrender is so important in, in your faith and in all of it. God will bless you a thousand times over if you can just humble yourself. And that's what happened. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In the process of time, Sister Erlene, you ended up here. Right. And I remember that I remember uh phone call from the other pastor and, and saying, you know, she, she, I, I, this, she'll be great. Uh, I think, I think your church will be good for her. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was a blessed thing. We're, we're happy to receive you, but I know that you were disheartened. And before we go too far, I, you told me something yesterday about how the Lord would get a hold of you in the house. Oh. Um, you got to share that part. Cause I think that's so, just, so I would come to church alone as many of you know, um, he was not with me, and um, I would get full of the Holy Spirit, and it would carry over into yes. my afternoon at home. So I would go home, and I'd come in, and I'd be singing and worshiping and running, talking in tongues, and he says, you're at a 10. I need you at about a 4. <laughs> <laughs> He said, football's coming on, and I'm in my chair. And I said, well, you don't know what I just experienced. <laughs> and, then, and then you said you, you, the Lord would get a hold of you speaking tongues. And at this time, your son's living in the house. Yeah, you're, so you're, we, you're yeah, my son lived in the house. My mother-in-law lived there for a little bit, and we <laughs> lived in the lower part of the house. And um, I would go down there. He was upstairs, and I would go down there, and I would just start worshiping and talking in tongues and I could just hear him like my scattering. <laughs> Jory even asked him at one point, is everything okay with mom? <laughs> we were terrified is what I'm saying. See, they were terrified. <laughs> we're not, we weren't and used I'm, to it. We I'm terrified. glad I scared him that way. <laughs> but So I, we started coming to this church she dragged me in. I think I sat in the back of blue jeans and a T-shirt. And he would say, I'm That's only right. here because I love yeah, her. I'm only here because I love her. That's, That's the only reason I'm coming. And that, that is true. And I will say 100%. this. I remember you being so disheartened. I was. I was and, and I said, look, he, is, he loves you. Yes, you did. he didn't love you. You did say that. He would have ran. I said, I'm almost <laughs> done with this. I'm about ready to just call it the end. 
but he loved you. I think this is an important point. I didn't want to be here at all. It was hard for me to walk in those doors. I had things that I had to face in my life that I didn't want to. Yeah. And there yeah. are people, mm. there are people in this church, this building, who have accepted me. Long before they knew this story or anything about me, they just knew that I was walking in Christ. And they knew I wanted something more, and they were praying for me. They, they brought me into their homes. We broke bread together. We talked. We become yes, friends. Yes, yes. Right? We stand in. We know each other's kids. We know the bad stories backstories of each other. Yeah. There's a very special lady. She said, listen, I want you, I want you to become baptized. I want you, I said, listen, I've already been baptized. She said, yeah, but have you been baptized in Jesus' name? I said, I think so. I don't know. What's the difference? <laughs> She's like, no, you need to get baptized. Amen. And I said, "Amen." I said, I've already been baptized. And she just stayed on me about it, right? And me too. Yeah. And, and I just kept saying, you know, this woman loves me. And I, what, what's it gonna hurt? Let me just see it, let me surrender again, right? right. And I'm gonna tell you right now, <sighs> when I came out of that water, woo! <laughs> Amen, amen. I'm, yeah, I'm different, you know, I, I love and it. I wanna shout it to the mountains and I'm a weirdo now in the basement <laughs> screaming. <laughs> I go to the deer field, George's like, shut up! I can't. <laughs> if you have someone in your life that you're trying to get on them, the one thing I would please encourage you, stay on them. Just keep talking to them. Amen. Keep building Amen. them. Keep praying for them. Because I can't tell you the line of people that prayed for me. Yes. From, yes. from 2001, right. where I died in a prison cell, right. to right now when All I'm right. on the stage. Yeah. Amen. And I love each and every one of you weirdos. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. I, I, <laughs> mm. God is so good. Yes. Yes, he is. It was, it was an awesome thing to see as, as pastor, as, as, a, as a member of this church, to see you coming and being so discouraged. But your conviction, you said her conviction actually is what, you know, moved in your life. You come and hanging out in the coffee and you're just there. I loved it because you said uh, you started holding the babies. You, you would hold Luca at the altar yeah. as an excuse to get around the altar. Right. <laughs> so I wanted to be a part of it, but then there was a part of me that kept saying I didn't. And then as the prayer would come along, Luca would just come to the church, just a little baby. And I love babies. I don't know what it is. I think I'm the baby whisperer. But I would grab a hold of him, and I would bring him up close so mom and dad could see him. And that was what I was telling myself in my head. But really, I was just trying to get close. I was trying to feel it. Luca brought me in. People brought me in. Just continuous one thing where you just keep wrapping your arms around me in Christ. And I, it's, it's a feeling I can't even begin to describe. And I want it for everyone. And I understand that it, each, every person has their own time and it's going right, to bring to them. But right, again, right. my prayer is that if I can encourage you for anything today, just yes. keep praying them through. That's right. the most important thing. Keep right. praying them through. Talk a little bit about how when the, the Lord spoke you were coming and you were trying to convince him and you're trying to talk a little bit about well like I said when I would get home well first off when I would leave for church you know I'm all dressed up he's sitting in his chair in his you know football jersey you know got his <laughs> Dr. Pepper sitting next to him with the big tv and I'm like 
you don't have your Bible out. There's nothing going on. What's going on with you? And he's like, just leave me alone. I'm good. So I'd come to church and come home and that that's when he, the conviction he mm-hmm. felt, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was just out of the world. You know, yeah. I, I was the Holy spirit. I was just full of it. Mm-hmm. So but you're trying to, con- then you said you came back and you were trying to convince him and, and, and the Lord sort of oh, yeah. spoke so, to you on. Right. So on. I would try to convince him. You don't know what you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. And the, I did that for the longest time. And the Lord just laid on my heart in prayer Leave him alone. I'll take care of him, and I'll take care of you. All right. You just continue your walk, your walk yes. and I'll handle him. Yeah. I, I think the powerful thing about this story, and, and I love how you talked about the church being the church, is not is such a, a lifeline, but God is the one that was working. Right. There's there's no, it doesn't matter how much we work, God's spirit. That's right. Is the one that is doing the drawing. That's right. And we have to just be an available available vessel to be a part of the process because it's the Lord that does the work and he gets the glory. I don't even know if he knows this pastor, but you guys prayed over prayer cloths. Yes. Yeah. And he had many of them in his pillowcase. He didn't even know it. (laughs) Many of them. And I would change that before he'd get home from work so he even saw it. I don't know if she knows this or not, but I actually found those. (laughs) And I was like, what is she doing? I have them all in a drawer. They're very I, special to me. I now, did so oil I over the God doors and everything in our Praise house. God. Everything. I prayed all over our house and I would just weep while he was at work. Whatever it took. Yeah, whatever it took. Whatever I said, Lord, took. I'll do whatever you want. And it led us, like I said, to a deeper relationship with the Lord and many blessings. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. So. One thing, you, you, you told your backstory. For those that came in late, you need to go back and watch this. But told your backstory. No faith okay. base, you know, addiction, you, you know, end up hard, desperate life, federal prison, taking your life. God brings you together, and now here you are. That is quite a contrast. <laughs> so for your peers and your family, that has a different impact You know, for those that are first generation, that has a different impact. Sister Dawn last week shared a little bit of how that, how that works. Some, some think, oh man, this is great. And some think, oh, you know, it scares them to death. Right. So talk to somebody a little bit about going through that process where you say, I'm going to follow the Lord, come what may, and just love through that kind of thing. So for me, if it's okay, for me, uh, I had to disassociate myself with a bunch of the people I used to hang around with because I didn't want to fall back into the lifestyle. I knew that's you know, one of the things that happens when you come out of it. You have to kind of break ties with those things. But I have run into several of those people since then. One of them, we were at a gas station, and he just turned and ran the other way because he was scared of me. And that's a horrible feeling now for me. Right. Before, I thrived on that, and now I'm like, wait, come back. It's not. But I understand that's his feelings and his thoughts. My son yeah, came to yeah. me one day and he goes, Dad, you like that church? And I go, yeah, I do. And he goes, oh, well, you like a holy roller now? And that's I was like, said. yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> and I sat him down and I said, Cody, I'm going to be honest with you. Which way did you like me better? Yeah. Right? Do you like the one that, that has patience and love with you now? 
has an interest in your life and seeing you grow, yeah. takes care of your children, who prays for you every Sunday? Or did you like the one that abandoned you and ran from his responsibilities and, and people were just evil? Did, which one did you like better? And he goes, well, I guess I like this one better. And I said, great, call me when you're ready to change. Yeah. Right? It's coming. It's coming, I believe it's coming. it. It's coming, yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, yes, so. Right. Uh, mine is, my family um, kind of doesn't associate because they're scared. Mm -hmm. I used to at first try to say, you just don't know what you're missing, blah, blah, blah. But again, the Lord laid upon me to just leave it, leave it. and show them. Right. Show right. them who you are and who right. you've become. Right. But they're just waiting for my old self. And, and I think part of that is... Uh, misery likes company, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. they like the broken me more than this me. I, I know my mom, I, my grandma used to have a saying, uh, people would ask her for directions to a different farm or whatever, and she'd say, listen, I can't tell you, but I can show you. Yeah. <laughs> That's us, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We can't tell them. We can, we can talk about it with them. We can right. be it, but we just have to be about it. We have to show them yes. who we are, and that's where we go. So Right. Right. Awesome. Amen. 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 Have you enjoyed this this morning? Amen. What an inspiration. Uh, what a what a testimony. God gives glory and and what a beautiful thing. I'll never forget that that moment. I had the privilege to baptize you and and uh, I knew you were you were you were taking the step. I knew you loved your wife and you were trying to do everything right. But when you got in there, you didn't want to get out. <laughs> because of the feeling that came that's over. Right. And I, I'm here to tell anybody, anyone that's watching, anyone that's listening, if you've never come to that point of full surrender, that's right. That's where it's at, full yes. surrender. God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll give anything. And when you hold back, you're only, you're only holding yourself back in what God has for you. But in that moment of full surrender, and that's why we preach, repent, be baptized, and let the Spirit of the Lord come in your life because it will change you more than anything else. We're richer now. <laughs> We're more blessed now. That's right. And that richness, it goes so far beyond anything material. That's right. Anything else. Amen. Can you give them a great big thank you? Amen for talking to us today and sharing their testimony. Amen. What a blessing. Go tell it on the mountain. I think we ought to tell everybody. Amen. Your story and your testimony of how God changed you. For, to, for that today, we give God glory. We give God praise. Amen. Thank you for coming today. We're going to take a little pause and a break. And at 1030, we'll begin our worship service. We're going to have just a short moment of worship because that's what we do when we come together. And then we're going to have our wonderful children's program today. So if you need a break, if you need to step out, that's fine. And then we'll begin our service here at 1030. God bless you.